Won't you pray with me? God, we come to celebrate your life, your witness among us, your songs sung, your prayers, our prayers prayed. God, we have come together in your presence. And now as we ponder your word, let, let your word be instilled in our hearts. And whatever is said and whatever is heard. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, we begin a new theme in our worship experience this week. By the way, it is so good to see you. It is so good to be here. During the summer, we studied the Psalms, the hymnal of Jesus and in the early church. This fall, we'll follow the lectionary and, and ponder the lessons of Jesus in the central chapters of the gospel according to Luke. Luke was not only a gospel writer, he was also a church historian writing a second volume, The Acts of the Apostles. Given his passion for, dedication to, and involvement in the development of the early church, he was aware of its challenges. He may have selected stories from Jesus' teaching with this perspective. While most of, much of Luke's gospel is also covered in the gospels written by Matthew and Mark, many stories in these central chapters in Luke, including most of those that we will read this fall, are unique to Luke. I find in them values for the Christian church, compassion, ingenuity, obedience, gratitude, mercy, persistence, forgiveness. As our church considers its branding and central messaging these falls, these, these teachings of Jesus may be informative. We begin this reading with this week with the reading from Luke 15, the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, the latter is unique to Luke. Many of us have had the experience of losing something, something valuable. I lost my son, Daniel. We were at the Sheboygan County Fair on a Saturday afternoon, a crowd of about 80,000 people. My wife, due with our daughter, Hannah, was resting at a table when I took our three-year-old son and my mother into the home building, showing quilts and other home goods. Uh, on our way into the building, my wife said, watch Daniel, he moves quickly. <laughs> no problem, I thought. Well, you can imagine. Mom and I were looking at a quilt just, just for a minute, made by one of the women in the church, and in a flash, Daniel was missing. I searched upstairs, Mom searched down, no Daniel. I dreaded going outside to face JR and tell her that we had lost Daniel, but there was no escape. We involved the fairgrounds security and started walking the grounds, yes, even the racetrack. I think it was 45 minutes later. My wife thinks it was an hour or more that Daniel was found. 
quite by accident. One of the youth from the rural Greenbush Church we were serving noticed him walking alone and came up behind him and put her hands over his eyes and said, guess who? And they connected and then she looked around and noticed that his parents weren't there. Said, where are your parents? I don't know. So she took him to the security office and the search patrols were called back. Can I have an amen and celebration of Daniel's recovery? Come on. Thank you. It was important. We, we know Luke's stories about a single shepherd or a single housekeeper doing the search, but in my experience, it takes the village, even the church, the youth of the church, to find the, what is lost. Even Hannah, our daughter Hannah, wanted to come out to help. J.R.'s water broke at the fair. Don't know why. Well, being lost is not always physical. And that's the point of this lesson. Three months ago, a, a friend called to tell me that if I wanted to see her mother again, I probably had less than a week as she was in the hospital and declining rapidly. I said I, it would not be possible for me to make the trip, but asked her to put her mother on the phone so I could talk with her with warnings that her mother was not coherent, we began to talk. I sensed that she had given up. So I started kidding with her in ways that we had done before. And 30 minutes later, she was her old self. And she was back in her apartment days later and, and and celebrated her 91st birthday, and she is still as fully as live as she ever was. Can I have an amen, in, amen for Arlene's recovery? Thank you for the amen. I have a friend and a colleague who became addicted to alcohol for several years, losing a job and nearly losing his family, and there is detail to his story that he can tell you, but I knew him only after his transformation. He had become an AODA counselor and as well as a lay speaker in the United Methodist Church. And with another lay speaker, they were serving a, a rural church by preaching on Sunday. In time, he was appointed pastor of a church and he felt so home in the calling that he attended and graduated from theological seminary and was ordained elder. His faith community was instrumental in helping him recover his life, his family, a career, and a calling. So, for Bill's recovery, can I have? You got it. Well, this lesson in, in Luke 15 begins with the joy over the recovery of what was lost, but, that, but that's not the whole story. Jesus starts his teaching when the 
Pharisees murmured, grumbled about his welcoming tax collectors and sinners who the Pharisees stayed away from because they were ritually impure, therefore not deserving of mercy and compassion. Or maybe it just that it made Jesus less pure himself. I'm reminded of the two women who witnessed my mother's 100th birthday party at her church and murmured that she has gays in her family. Now my mother's been a pillar of that church for the last 40 years and was pastor's wife for seven years before that. It's clear that her time and presence is valued and that she is honored, but like the Pharisees, the woman thought for Joyce to have gays in her family and for her to welcome them either reduces her status or elevates her son and grandson more than they deserve. This is the point of verses 7 and 10 of this passage. The, the joyous finders of the lost valuables are inviting their friends to celebrate with them the recovery. Even the angels in heaven would celebrate the recovery of one who was lost. Instead of being happy for the people who were often maligned in the public's eyes, the Pharisees murmured and the women murmured about Joyce, welcoming them in her immense love. You know, the next story in Luke is the well-known story of the return of the prodigal son. Again, there is one who is upset by the recovery, the brother who stayed home and doesn't like that his father welcomed, the one who squandered half his father's wealth. It's not fair. What seems to be more important of value than fairness in Christ's way is the physical and spiritual recovery of those who are lost. Even when it seems unfair, even when they're part of a different party or tribe or family, God's perspective is one of compassion for all people, regardless of who they vote for, what they look like, or who they sleep with. Christ wants them to be recovered to a rightful relationship with God. Pharisees want them to follow the laws they teach of moral and ritual purity. Jesus wants them to love God and neighbor. Our church, as a body of Jesus Christ, is called to live by the value of compassion and celebrate the recovery of a close relationship with Jesus. It's not always easy to overcome our desire for fairness or for following the rules that we learned. One member, perhaps a contemporary Pharisee, but we're all Pharisees. Reminded me of a rule written in the book of discipline some 40 years ago that has been contended ever since. 
Without commenting on the message of the sermon that he heard, he corrected a sentence. I hope we will see him again. Maybe we have. He grumbled about our church welcoming those committed in a loving Christian covenant that we call holy matrimony with someone of the same sex. I believe the angels in heaven will be rejoicing in the enduring closeness this couple feels to each other and to God and neighbor. Jesus came to teach us the way, the truth, and the life. As his practicing disciples, he invites us to follow his teachings and the values in them. I know of no better rule book or party platform than the gospel. Clearly, Christian values have implications for our living, and we may reach different conclusions, and I welcome that. I find it healthy because we will all grow in our understanding of God's word through sincere discussion. The Wesleyan approach to understanding scripture is to apply tradition personal experience and reason. Let's do this together. But let's start with Christ Jesus. I mentioned losing my son. Several of us have experienced loss of our children from the life of the church. Pandemic, academic and sport competition, University debt, extreme political vocalization by branches of our church, and perhaps unrelated programming has contributed to the loss of many of our children from the life and lessons of our church. Look around us. If you know someone who feels lost, who would benefit by a call from this church, or if you would like to be on a recovery team. Slip me a paper with your name and number and a time for me to call. This is important to us. If you would like to discuss Christian values, there are three classes Wednesday night at 6.30 where they will be discussed. Let's talk. If not the church, then who? Gracious God, you love all of us. even the people we know we disagree with. Let us be peacemakers in your name. Amen. Well, next steps, hey. You know what? And I invite the ushers to, to, to bring in the, 
the treats. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and, then, and then there will be a song. But, but first, uh, uh, first, take this card and register uh, that you're coming to Wednesday Night Live. I, did I say that incorrectly? Uh, take this card and tell us that you're coming to Wednesday Night Live. Oh, let me see. Take this card and tell us if you're coming to Wednesday Night Live. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a dinner. Uh, Ron Jordan is back. There's a dinner. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to ask for uh, a gift of $10 for adults. And uh, the children will eat free unless you want to give a $5 donation for the first child. Uh, but it'll be, uh, there'll be time, kids' activities, uh, the choir, the children's choir will be, will be singing. We'll also have uh, time to, for the children to learn about uh, uh, liturgical arts and, and the technology. Uh, adults, we'll have three classes going on, uh, an introductory Bible class with Sue Stanley, uh, a book study by, uh, by Father uh, Doyle with, with Nell uh, Nash, and, uh, and then, where is he? Barry's in here somewhere. Uh, Brady, Brady's gonna, a lawyer, is gonna teach us uh, law and the Bible. And I think we're gonna touch on some of the issues that have, have uh, divided our church, but it will be done in, in a, in an honest, uh, honest, uh, sincere uh, way. Uh, you might, might want to do that. But take this card. Uh, Ron would like to know how many people are coming for dinner. So l let's, uh, let's, let's give him uh, an idea. The pep rally continues downstairs, and now might be a good time for, for the ushers to, uh, to, uh, to pass out these, uh, these booklets. There, there is, you'll each get one of these. And in here, there are 22 different groups information about what, what's going on this fall. Make sure you get one. And, and at the tables downstairs, you'll see these groups. And you want to get a, a stamp or, or an indication that you've been to the table. And then, uh, and then fill out this, this sheet here. Ministry interests indicate uh, that that you would like more information, and if you if you check off some of these, put your name and address, phone and email. Um, there's a box at the back of the fellowship hall, uh, the Joash box actually, where you can put this, and we will draw about ten of these out, and uh, and there will be prizes awarded. Um, so, uh, lots going on downstairs. Uh, I, I think I think that's I think that's it. So we've got a song now. 